the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world, and welcome to the funniest people I know podcast. Well, it's more like the funniest person you know today. It's the funniest pair that I'm aware of. It's the funniest guy that would answer his phone on Fourth of July weekend. Gosh, TJ and Alexandria are off somewhere having a great time, but you know what? George and I are sticking it out. We're in the studio, and folks, it would have been nice to be invited to that beach trip. I wonder if our invitations got lost in the spam folder. I think it's something you did. I think you can't say lost in the mail anymore <laughs> because nobody has mail. I even heard someone recently talk about how email is old fashioned. Yeah, it's so out now. Get out. I got recently chewed out by somebody because I email instead of text. That is so millennial. I rolled my eyes for a thousand years. Maybe I don't want to send a text because it's on your person and I don't want to accost you. Yeah, maybe it's not important right now, but it's important soon. Are you aware when you send a text that you've just sent a vibration to someone's thigh? Only on special occasions. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, because our dear friends, some of the funniest people we know are out of town, we've decided to put together a very special 4th of July show. We've recorded so many episodes at this point, and there's so much great material. And unfortunately, because this is only a 30-minute show, not all of it makes it to the podcast. Sometimes, fortunately. Mostly things TJ says. Mostly TJ. TJ's on the show a lot more than the listeners know. (laughs) Right. You're so unaware of what we cut out. You're welcome. Yeah. The editor room floor is full of TJ. We've collected all those pieces of TJ, and we've put them together into a (laughs) jam-packed, hilarious show. We're going to start off with an interview that, actually, George, you recorded with your mom. Yeah, you guys asked me to go and do an interview with a funny person, and I came back with an interview with my mom, and then you never asked me to do it again. (laughs) And the interview got cut. So I assume that we didn't like that bit. I think in the moment, it sounded like you found the most convenient person slash the first person that you saw. Yeah, I was like, oh, I have an assignment due. Mom, what are you doing? (laughs) But it turned out that it's a really great bit. And I think it was too long, so it didn't air, but we're going to put it out now. Your mom is amazing at making returns. Yeah, that's her specialty. She doesn't take no for an answer. Watch out, return policy. Here comes George's mom, featuring special guest Haley Elman. Hi, Chris. Hi, George. How are you today? Doing great. Well, I'm here because I wanted to talk to you because I've learned that you are an expert in the field of making (laughs) retail returns. Is that true? I believe so. Have you won any awards? Uh, For my kids, yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Tell me what's your best advice to somebody on making a return. Don't give up. Don't Don't let them win. Okay, let's discuss. That's pretty inspirational. I was expecting maybe something a little more mundane, but don't give up. That's good. I couldn't expect anything less from the cutthroat world of retail returns. (laughs) (laughs) I really love that. I think they could make a reality show about the cutthroat world of retail return. That's a pretty great idea for a reality show. Yeah, I want a cut of that if anybody makes it. All right, let's see what she says. Don't let them win. Okay, explain a bit. Well, when you're going to make a return, they really don't want to give you the money back. But if you fight long and hard, 
You can even get to it to the uh, president of the company or something. You'll get your return money back. Okay. What's your crowning achievement? What was the return that you were most proud of? Well, this is not actually a return, but I fought for my mom's health insurance mm -hmm. because they wanted to stop it because she was diagnosed with diabetes. But nowhere in all the files that the doctors had put in was the word diabetes. It was that she had high blood sugar. So I did go to the president of the insurance company, and they ended up paying and covering her. Because she was not covered for diabetes, but she was covered for high blood sugar? Because it was pre-existing. But the pre-existing was not worded as diabetes. It That's was worded as high blood sugar. So, so you're really just kind of like a corporate nightmare. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Okay, I think what I love so far is the real-world application <laughs> to the cutthroat world of retail returns. I know, right? Right? Yeah. Well, if you could take that thing back uh, to Kohl's without a receipt, you could climb Mount Everest. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is funny because for some reason, I thought your mom was on the business end of return. Yeah, that she's in a returns department. Yeah. So this is a lot like extreme couponing. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is just like, she'll get anything. Wait, how much stuff is she buying that she returns stuff this often? I think she returns stuff more often than she buys it. What? <laughs> Does she return things for other, for other people? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I will ask her to make my returns for me. He's I think she's good. Just, yeah, yeah, she just loves doing it. I'm like, oh mom, I bought this a year ago and I left mm -hmm. it in a drawer. I forgot. Can you take it back to Walmart? And then she brings me back my 14.52 or whatever. So she's that person in the friend group. All of her friends are afraid of confrontation, and she's like oh, the she's one. Not yeah, she's not afraid at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. All right, let's hear what else she has to say. Is there anything you've learned to say that you think works? Not necessarily. It depends on who you're dealing with. Mm. Sometimes honey works and sometimes vinegar. Okay. How do you know the difference? You start with honey. Okay. And if it doesn't go your way, then you bitch and moan and yell and scream and have the whole store listening to you that they give up and they pay you. So you start with honey and then you make a scene? Oh, yeah. I'll get my money back. They're just paying you to leave? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> okay, lady, walk out of here, go. <laughs> I feel like this is where we start to learn that you can't take your mom anywhere. <laughs> oh, no, you definitely can. She oh. will make a scene. <laughs> yes. Most embarrassing scene your mom's ever made. One time we're at a restaurant and the waitress brought a sampler platter and it had chicken fingers and potato skins and one of the chicken fingers fell onto the table and she lost it. Like, the waitress was real flippant about it and mm. she's like, no, we have to leave this restaurant yes. and management yes. got involved. It was oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I love her. It was bad. But I've seen her return things to stores where I know she did not buy them. <laughs> How does that even work? You just make a scene. She's just the loud white lady that needs to leave. And mm -hmm. at some point they give her money and they're like, please go. <laughs> Is this a racket? It's, it's never a scam, no. But uh. it's like, oh, I bought this at Walmart or Target or Kmart. I can't remember, but I know they sell it at Walmart and I need to take it back because I'm going <laughs> to buy something else there. Wow. Where Have you ever been defeated? Mm. I don't believe so. If I have, it, it's so rare that I don't even remember it. I even got my friend to get in touch with the president of a media company in order to get her service fixed. When you say go right to the top, you go right to the president of these companies. Where do you find that information? Actually, it's by law they have to give them to you. 
Oh, so you're just asking the retailer? Yeah, they have to give you the manager's numbers, they have to give you the corporate numbers, and of course you can always Google it. Wait a minute, we can go into any store and they have to give us the president's number, she's saying? I don't think that's true. I think <laughs> she made that up. <laughs> I didn't want to call her out to her face. If I were Barbara Walters and that wasn't my mom, I'd get a little more confrontational. She loves confrontation, so I knew I'd lose. Have you ever in your life won an argument with her mother? If you ask her, no. (laughs) I sometimes feel like I have. It's a small victory. Very small. (laughs) She forgets the ones I win. I feel like some little boys growing up wanting to be able to beat up their dad one day. (laughs) And I feel like you wanted to grow up to beat your mom in an argument. <laughs> yeah, I think you pinpointed me without even having to analyze my haircut. <laughs> All right, let's finish this up. Do you have any other advice to people who might be fighting the corporate giant? Just like I said, don't give up. Go to the president if you have to. I mean, I don't care if he's in Washington or in Atlanta. The, the company of the, the president of the company, but I don't care where he is. He has to talk to you. He has to answer your emails. So don't give up. They will pay you to be quiet. All right. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Chris, for sharing your expertise with us. This is George with the Funniest People I Know and interviewing Chris, a returns expert. I've told her that she should find a way to hire out her services as a proxy, mm-hmm. like hire a B-word and just have <laughs> them take care of it for you. Like if you need your refund back on your deposit from your apartment, she should be able to get that. <laughs> I if- smell a sketch. Do you think there are retail employees in therapy from an experience with your mother? I wouldn't be surprised. You know, she's taught me how to be evil. And because of my being worse than her, I've now been banned from Audible because I violated their very generous return policy, which (laughs) I've Googled. No one else has ever heard of this, but I have to call customer service if I want to return a book now. I went to my mom. I was like, thanks, mom. You've made me a terrible person. (laughs) I guess in the digital age, it doesn't quite transfer. She's trying to return a sweater. You're like, this ebook, this digital (laughs) file. This ebook I just finished. I don't want to pay for it. (laughs) By the way, it's a week later. I've already listened to it. The book was mediocre. It wasn't worth my time. I want to talk for a second about another bit. Neil Reddy, our dear friend from Queer Eye, got on me during one of our episodes when we had him in the studio because I wrote a pilot about the Titanic. That just is coincidental. He called out just grown men who like the movie Titanic, and you just landed right in that. I did. He, well, he sunk me. <laughs> oh, God. You know why the movie sucks? Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> you shut yeah. your face. I've never no. finished Titanic. I keep trying to watch it in 15-minute increments. It's the worst movie ever. It's a you four-hour movie. shut your face. And you know what? Face. Jack is a terrible artist. No one wants to bring this up. Jack is an awful artist. That's a terrible drawing he does. It, it was a bad Yeah. Drawing. Jack wasn't that smart. He's o- no, he's overrated. I think there as was an other artist, ways he could have stayed on the... I've seen children do better pieces of work than Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he wasn't good looking, no one would care about his art. That's, I agree. Yeah. But what is good about Titanic? It's boring. It was just beautiful. It had young Leonardo on a boat saying he's the king of the world. I don't know. I haven't seen this since I was like 13, so it may not hold up to me right. anymore. And it has a great ending where a privileged white woman just pushes the poor guy <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> she did. <laughs>
There's no room for you on this giant piece of wood that can support a ship. Right? <laughs> Can't worry. <laughs> yeah. Rose was trash. She could have traded off, at least treaded water, let him hold on to it. They could have switched off. They could have done a lot of things. And then she threw that necklace off. Like, you yeah. could have fed some people with that necklace, you yeah. stingy wench. Yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm mad. <laughs> See, it's not that good of a movie. I'm telling you, it's overrated. Goodness Try to watch you. it now. It's just stupid. Sorry, Seth. back to you, Seth. All right. Are you a fan of the Titanic? Uh, it's a four-hour movie. I never watched it. I think production value is kind of cool. The fact that they constructed so much of it, but who cares? You're I'll right. Say Guys, this. Will's 13-year-old girl is coming out right now. <laughs> Keep trying to defend this movie. <laughs> Gosh, well, yes. it's, all, it's where I land. I mean, Will, you had this on VHS, right? You had the dual VHS cassettes? Oh, absolutely. I know you did. I know you did. <laughs> I, I, okay, I'm going to go a step further, Neil. I worked at a Titanic museum Ooh. as a tour guide. And I just wrote a comedy pilot, a uh, half-hour show called <laughs> Down with the Ship. <laughs> I guess I am. Way to set. plug your projects on here. I like that smooth. <laughs> yep, yep. That was my second pilot after Nuthouse. Uh. <laughs> Did people come in the museum and ask about Jack and Rose? Yeah. <laughs> That's they, what I would have done every single day. They did, but we were kind of a real museum in that there were artifacts there. So the real hardcore historians would get really offended and go, they were fictional characters. <laughs> I would have been like, where is Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> Don't see any pictures of him here. Or that jewel that she wears, the star of the ocean. Yeah. Everyone would always want to, do you have that? Is that here? They used to sell those in the penny savers. Really? Yeah. <laughs> a heart of the ocean? Yeah. You got so excited about that. It makes me think you bought it. Or you always wanted to buy it. I bought it one so bad. But my mom would never get one. I would try to fill out the paper and everything. Anyway. I like how you log rolled right there at the end. You didn't fail to mention the fact that you wrote that pilot. I feel like that's how you introduce yourself to people. You're like, hi, my name is Will, and I wrote a pilot about the Titanic. <laughs> Creator of Down with the Ship. <laughs> You're like, I want that in my official introduction no matter where I go. It is funny because as a comedian, really anyone that's willing to sit and listen to your comedy is someone valuable and any opportunity to share your show, you should, I feel, take advantage of. I even mentioned my sketch show Broken 30 airing at the Relapse Theater on September 14th <laughs> during my wedding speech. You mentioned your sketch show during your wedding speech. That's embarrassing. Speaking of a tragedy, TJ and George attended the Crawl of Thrones. <laughs> and we had a moment where TJ had a fight with a lady over some fries. Some stolen French fries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear this. All right, let's play it. If you're at a bar and you mm -hmm. see somebody maybe you knew from high school, mm -hmm. yep. and you go, hey, oh my God, and yeah. then you can kind of join them and take a fry and have a drink with them. Okay. TJ just felt like wanting to have a conversation with somebody gave them that familiarity. Mm -hmm. So he would just mm -hmm. walk up to tables and be like, where did you buy that hat? Let me have some fries. And mm -hmm. they'd be like, sir, please leave. Yes. And then he'd get upset. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I don't recall any of this. <laughs> you were very I, friendly. I, I, Oh, that's good. To know. Other people aren't. And uh, exactly, what I heard had me cracking up. I was wondering about the fries in particular mm -hmm. and what went down. One, what was going through your mind when you thought about taking these fries from someone else? Like, why do you want random people's fries? <laughs> was the first thing that came to my mind. Them, so hungry. And I deserve them. I deserve them. <laughs> True. True. You work hard. Thank you. You deserve random fries. I don't hear it enough. I got you. Mm -hmm. Also, 
How did you see asking a random person for random fries? I was just fascinated with the lack of maybe foresight in this, but like, Shame. <laughs> yeah, but also a level of courage just to go for it mm-hmm. or liquid courage, as some may say. <laughs> in TJ's defense, yeah. he didn't go up and ask someone for fries. Oh, OK. He yeah. went up to them and go, oh, my God, I love your hat. Yeah. And then took their fries. Yeah. <gasps> I feel like that's a little worse. <laughs> I don't You're remember so any of this. I don't remember any of this at all. I would be appalled. No. I would smack your hand like a granny if I saw you approaching <laughs> my fries. And if they were fresh on my table, oh my goodness, TJ. I did not take anyone's fries. <laughs> no, no, they wouldn't let you. No. I don't remember fries ever. TJ denies that happened, even though we recorded it and Ashley was there. He's just like, no, no, I don't think that happened. But he definitely went to that woman and said, give me a fry. And she said no. And then he was like, you're a bitch. TJ should run for president. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, fake news. We have video footage, TJ. Nope, didn't happen. (laughs) That wasn't me. Fabricated. Our friend Ashley was actually there the night that TJ stole the fries. And she came into the studio one time with a piece of property that had been left in her apartment and told us all about it. We learned a lot about a stranger callers. Yeah. <laughs> and Ashley's love life. Maybe more than she wanted us to know. Strap in. <laughs> what do you got for us? I went out with this guy who I thought was pretty cool. He had a job, which is a good start. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good start. A nine-to-five job? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh. oh. Okay. He got up in the morning and everything. We went out to a bar to get some drinks, and we got some food, just a normal, great third date. He brings me home, and I'd say, okay, you can come in, and we're just kind of hanging out on the couch, talking as yeah. third dates go, yeah. you know? <laughs> He starts making a move. I'm just not really feeling that quite yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, just kind of rebuff a bit, if you will. <laughs> the and, gentle rebuff. Yes. Yeah. And then he immediately says, oh, that's okay, because if you had given it up that quick, I would have thought you were a slut anyway. Oh, uh, oh excuse me. Wow. And I was like, come again? Wow. And he was like, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said that. I guess it's just because I'm drunk. I don't know. About two seconds later, he made another move on me. And Mm. I was like, what? You literally just said this. And now, like, you're a goldfish that completely forgot what you had just said. Right. (laughs) And goes for it again. And at that point, I was like, all right, you're going to have to go. So he leaves. He Ubers himself home. And the next morning, I get a text saying, hey, I left my wallet at your place. Can you drive 40 minutes to where I live to Uh, bring it to me? No. I said, you can come get it. I could put it in my mailbox. You can swing by any time. I'm not trying to keep this guy's wallet. I'm just not trying to drive 40 minutes out of my way to give this douchebag his wallet back. Right. Exactly. So I still have it. Ashley had told me this story, and I asked her if she might coming in and bringing in this wallet for a little bit of show and tell. So, Ashley, if you could hand the wallet over to TJ. I thought TJ and Alex should take a peek at it and talk about this guy. Let's not use his real name. Let's call him Doug. 
Doug. Doug. First thoughts, it's huge. This is the fattest wallet I've <laughs> I was, ever I was just thinking that. Yeah. How does he sit on that Exactly. Thing? That's what men do. There's right? no they pocket. explains why he took it out of his pocket yeah. and left it. Did he have cargo shorts or pants for this? Well, oh, no. Yeah. no. He would have never made it inside my home. If yeah. He was cargo shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are my friend. I love you. Okay. There are a oh. lot of important contents. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> he stays prepared. <laughs> Let's get through the pockets can first. I, can we say that on air to talk about protection? <laughs> what, he's got a 9mm in there? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm acting like a 12-year-old. Can we talk about protection? <laughs> there are four Trojan condoms oh my God, four. in this wallet. That's a lot. That's, That's a weekend. That's ambitious. He just yeah, keeps no. a whole pack in there all the time, and there's only four left. <laughs> Oh Makes my sense. gosh. Well, yeah. let's get through the rest because that is a lot to unwrap, pun intended. I don't think TJ realizes that I watched him just pocket this dude's cash. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, like, no, I'm well, not. No one was looking. What? Totally just pocketed. He am not. No, it's wallet. the next item wheresgeorge.com. It's uh, your website. Oh, all right, so George. he's got a Where's yeah. George $2 bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's this debit card, which is important, I would mm-hmm. think like a lot of vital things to his life. Not only did he want to go to DMV, but he also wanted to order another card through Wells Fargo instead of come to your house. He uh, must really have not liked you if he yeah. was willing to call Wells Fargo. <laughs> This is something I could use. These Taco Mac cards, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those wings. There are two Taco Mac. No expiration date. Yeah. There sure isn't. Now, this one has a location, though, we would have to go to. Oh, no. But we could easily wipe that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's his location, and we could run into him there. Yeah. That would hey, be Doug. fun. Hey, <laughs> Doug. Yeah. What's up, Doug? Thanks for the Taco <laughs> Mac card. I'll enjoy a free six pack of wings on your next visit. Mm-hmm. I love it. More cards for restaurants. A complimentary appetizer at Marlowe? I feel like the so, reason why he didn't have money to come back and get his wallet is because he's spending all his money at restaurants around the city. Yeah. This next item I can see being very important. So it's a key card. <laughs> Those are oh, no. These are expensive yes. to replace. Either not getting into work or his home. Those are like $30, $40. I've had to replace one in the past. It's not fun. I'm just questioning this guy's character to not come back and get these items. The judgmental person in me is just, you had condoms that you're leaving your protection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're leaving your key card to get your access to the things you need. You have no money. You're walking around with expired driver's license. I, I want to go to his house. Me like, too. Alex, can we just show up at his house and knock on the door and be like, yeah. hey, we have your things and we need to talk to you about these coupons. I'm pretty yes. sure that's his parents' house. Oh. But we could also go there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't his see why not. Oh my gosh. We got to go through the rest of these because there's already so much to unpack. Let's see. Masters of Beer Card Appreciation. He's big on the checked. For how many times? Oh you read yeah, it's cards. a punch card. Okay, punch card. so like, every time eat here this many times get a free yeah. appetizer. How's he doing? Not well. Nothing's punched. Oh. And then there's a tasting membership card for Vape Zone. It's you for two dodged years. a thousand bullets here. <laughs> oh, it expired just last month. <gasps> yeah. Oh, oh man. Well, he needs that right. Maybe that's why he didn't come back because he knew yeah. his vape card was expired. <laughs> yeah. There was really nothing else important in there. Did he vape on the day? 
No. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, unfortunate. That mm-hmm. Or did he? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Men are sneaky. And we don't want to see what we don't want to see. Uh, <laughs> customized tees card for uh, just customized tees. Oh, that's oh. just the location. Yeah, you got to remember we you get your customized tees. You know, maybe he's in a skating group and mm-hmm. they need matching t-shirts. Yeah. I'm from the like, country. <laughs> I'm thinking roller Blades. skating, like groove skating, or like okay, jam yeah. skating. Yeah. Why was he carrying so much? Like, TJ has 44 cards still in his yeah, hand. Yeah, there's secret pockets, too. <laughs> Family member, maybe a niece or something, or a goddaughter. She's adorable. It looks like he cares about family. Women of all ages. The picture of this young girl is really creepy because it also looks like it's really old, like... Like mm-hmm. maybe his middle school sweetheart. Yeah. 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 It's, like, it's Denise, and he loved in the seventh grade. <laughs> he hasn't gotten over it yet. And you just didn't mess her up, Ashley. Well, oh, my well, God. Denise you're, is cute. You're no she Denise. She is. Well, Ashley, I think you dodged a bullet here. I'm hearing Beyonce, best thing I never had. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the contents of this wallet suggest... No content in his real life. That's I wish what I thinking. had seen the wallet before I had let him yeah. come into my house. Yeah. That would have been helpful. We should all see the wallet. Can I think, that be first. a thing? Yes. Like on yes. the date, mm-hmm. just get out your wallet, <laughs> yeah. show each other the contents, and if you want to continue from there, oh my you god, can, I can but... see you on every first date going forward, being like, "Hold up, wait, let me see your wallet." Absolutely. I like that. I think we should start that business. Yeah. You know? yes. Tinder wallet. An app Yes. For that, yes, the wallet. Yes, take out everything. Exactly. Oh, and there's a paper clip. Thank you, Ashley, for coming by and telling us this great story. I wish you best of luck in your future mm-hmm. dates. They can only get better. One can hope. Um, one can hope. The funniest thing has always been to me that that dude would rather not see her again than have his driver's license back. A bad date on both sides. Right. Right. To get new credit cards, a new driver's license, a new Blockbuster card. Yeah, it's just a lot of work. It's just like, you know what? I don't want to talk to you ever. I'm going to just create a new identity and start all over. I'm giving up. Wow. Yeah. I want to go back one more time, George, to our friend Neil Reddy. Okay, Neil kills me, all right? Neil is our friend from Queer Eye. He gave us some real insight into the show and the nuts and bolts and how they go about getting such great material. Yeah, we learned a lot about how he was a begrudging contestant, if you will, but changed as a person. And they're kind of relentless at making you cry. He says at one point they grilled him for hours and then just took the one part where he was sad. They broke him. They did. They broke him. Here's Neil and our friend Saf Patel for the funniest people I know, Queer Eye Spectacular. I'm a big fan of the show. I've seen all the episodes. They're not really gay. They're all just faking it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. It really happens in a week. They redo your apartment. Yeah, it's all in a week. It's crazy. You had this thing for work, right, that was the big culmination of yours? Yeah, yeah, it was like an app that I was working on. And you Mm -hmm. still work for those guys? I'm a partner in it. We're right now shopping around about to sell it and get out of it, so which is kind of good for me. So I'm just been chilling for a little bit. That's great. It's kind of nice, yeah. That's great. Your episode was really kind of a cool transformation, but everybody wants to know those really sweet, sentimental moments. Are Mm -hmm. those all genuine, or do they do it six times? Those are all genuine. It's really weird. We didn't really reshoot anything. They just rolled for a week and caught those moments. There were a lot more moments they didn't air, thank God, where I was just being a pain because I didn't want really to be on the show because when I agreed to be on it, I thought it was going to be like a day and a half. I didn't realize it was going to be a week because I didn't right. read any of the paperwork. <laughs> and they kept like pushing me and pushing me to do it. And I was like, I don't think this show is for me. 
the producer is this real sweet girl. We became friends. She's like, trust me, I think this will be a great experience for you. I really like you. Netflix likes you. I think you'll enjoy it. And they pitch it as you can be funny for a day and a half and we'll give you a bunch of free stuff. And I was like, I could do that. And then I get there and it's like a week of emotional boot camp. I'm like, I did not sign up for this. <laughs> Everything you saw on the show was real, and they interviewed all my friends beforehand, so they had this whole dossier of information. The first day is just interviews. They interviewed 10 of my friends, and the first day, I think they're going to ask me questions like, why do you have a long beard, and what's your design style, which is mid-century modern. I made this very complex Pinterest board of things I liked hairstyle-wise, things I liked for my home, because I thought that's where all the questions were going to be about, and I was like, pull out my phone, like, this is exactly what I want you guys to do. And the first question they asked, we interviewed all your friends. We came up with a couple conclusions. Number one, none of them know each other. Ah, <laughs> and I was like, yep. And number two, all of them call themselves your best friend. <laughs> and, I was like, God. and they go, number three, all of them feel that they've been trying for years to get through to you, but you just keep shutting them out and that you're always a loyal friend to them, but they want more. They want you to open up to them and they just kind of gotten to the point of giving up. How do you feel about that? And I was panicked. Well, number one, my friends are blabbermouths. They talk too much. <laughs> and number two, I didn't know what to say to that. When someone you don't know brings that up in front of you, mm-hmm. personal thing that you think you've had this whole ruse going with separate friend groups and compartmentalizing your life, and all of a sudden, a random producer and a couple people figure it out just by talking to your friends, that's crazy. That's yeah. like an eye-opening thing where you're just like, whoa. They caught all the emotional moments, but what they didn't show you guys was before that, it was just me trying to out-joke them for yeah. sometimes an hour. <laughs> I remember the first time Karama talked to me, we were 45 minutes in, and I had not given him a serious answer, and he's like, dude, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep talking to you. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to quit either. And finally, I just gave up because I was so exhausted, and I just said a serious answer, and that's what they show on the show. <laughs> <laughs> they were like genuinely there and asking questions and engaged and talking. What you don't see is we shot for like 100 hours with two camera crews and everything. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a long time of sh- yeah, the camera crew on me and camera crew on the other guys the whole time. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of shooting. There's a lot of things you guys didn't see. And it's in a 45-minute episode. So you see like snippets. Yeah, it was exhausting. Every night I was texting and calling the producers being like, I quit. Can't do this. Because it was just so much at once. I just wasn't ready for it. I can imagine. Wow. Yeah. It reminds me of that TV show, This Is Your Life, mm-hmm. where they would pull an audience member up on stage and out of nowhere, all their friends and loved ones and relatives... To do that much background work on you. I think it made it easier, though, because if my friends had come up to me and brought all these things up, I I don't know. You're too comfortable with your friends. But because Mm -hmm. it was these five other guys and they genuinely cared and they were coming from such a good place of love and just really trying to help. We had such good conversations. Mm -hmm. Most of them didn't make their... I felt completely comfortable with them. I think it was easier because I didn't have my defenses up with them. Initially, I did, but I didn't have years of defenses built up and comfortability and tactics built up. I didn't know these guys enough to outsmart them right. with my stuff. So. I love the idea that it's as genuine as I always dreamed mm-hmm. it was. At least the first two seasons, because we didn't know what was going on. They filmed the first two seasons together. And then, you know, the third season, people had seen the show. Yeah. So they kind of knew what they were going for. But I had no idea... The old Queer Eye was just five dudes coming in being like, you need to cut your beard, and then just ran out. Right. And gave you a new suit. And I was like, I could do that. That was easy. I thought that's what it was going to be, way more cattier and more image-focused. I think that's what caught people so much with the reboot of Queer Eye. It was image-based, but also there was so much just self-work, just tapping into everyone that was on the series. I was affected by your episode and all the episodes in the first and second season. I was trying to figure out who could pitch me to the show. 
Yeah, and the final thing had nothing really to do with the app. It was just inviting everyone over to my house. The app was just an excuse to do mm-hmm. it. But they had thought long and hard what to do. First, I thought we were just going to have a party at a restaurant. I had planned for that because I didn't want anyone at my house. I'd never had that many people in my house and that many different friend groups in my house at the same time, including my family was there. It was like all my worlds colliding. That was the point was they were trying to push me into that space I didn't want to go to. So sometimes you do need a little push from some people, but it has to be a loving push. It can't be you're doing something wrong. How do you not backslide into something that feels as comfortable? You as do well? backslide. Treat it like an addiction. There are times when I do find myself not backsliding to a point where I started, but falling back and getting into old habits yeah. that are uncomfortable. But the thing about habits is you can create new ones. As long as you have new habits in place, new structure in place, it makes it a lot harder for you to backslide. Mm-hmm. You're committed to something else at this point. You fail and you fail and you keep trying. That's the whole point. You're not going to just keep changing positively. You're going to take back steps. Things are going to happen because you've been doing it for years. So don't be so hard on yourself. If you fall back, you fall back. Who cares? What's the worst that can happen? You're starting from a good place, so you go back to a decent place, and then Mm -hmm. you just push forward. So true. Yeah. I think a lot of times people get discouraged because they want to see results, but it's not really about the end. Mm -hmm. It's more about the journey. The work is the reward, not the whatever. Yeah, not the result. This man is wise. One thing they've helped me with is just do a little five, ten minutes focus on yourself a day. I get up. I do a guided meditation right when I wake up. I do one right when I go to bed, and I make my bed every day. Just do something every day that will start your day. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to the Funniest People I Know podcast. Happy Independence Day. Do us a favor. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend. Leave us a good review. We broadcast on Saturdays at 1.30 p.m. on the Georgia Radio Reading Service. The podcast is available Sundays on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or just ask Alexa to play Funniest People I Know. Please help us spread the word, rate, review, and subscribe. Contact us on Twitter and Instagram at Funniest People I Know or email funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com. Have yourselves a hilarious week.